light of the Spirit is shining in you. The light of the Spirit is shining in me. The light of the Spirit is shining within. How blessed we must be. The light of the Spirit is shining in you. The light of the Spirit is shining in me. The light of the Spirit is shining within. How blessed we must be. It's the season of harvest, of golden leaves and corn, of ripe fruits and plentiful vegetables. And our pl planet Earth home is spinning, moving us towards the autumn equinox, when for us here in the northern lands, the days and the nights are of equal length. And we are gathered here a community of the spirit, Kensington Unitarians welcoming you to this Sunday morning harvest celebration. In music and silence, words and beautiful images, we'll be exploring what autumn time brings us and expressing our gratitude for life's gifts. For any visitors with us here today, my name is Sarah Tinker and it's a pleasure to have you join us. And a warm welcome too to any of you who may be listening to this as a recorded service in a podcast sometime in the future. And a welcome to anyone watching on a video through YouTube. I hope you'll find something that speaks to you in the next 40 minutes or so. May the wearied find some rest and rejuvenation. May the worried find some yearned for peace of mind. And may the joy-filled find ways to share their good fortune with others. There's a place for you here. However you're feeling, wherever you have come from, whoever you choose to love and whatever is going on in your life. And if you are here in person with us this morning, well, please feel free to sit back and switch off your video if you'd feel more comfortable not being on view. Each week when we uh, light this chalice flame, we remember the worldwide communities it connects us with. And today I wanted to mention the work of the ICUU, the International Council of Unitarians and Unitarian Universalists. The ICUU's mission is to empower existing and emerging member groups to sustain and grow our global faith community committed to a progressive, unfettered religious faith. 
And each month, the ICUU asks someone from one of their member countries to write words for chalice lighting. And these words for September were written by Minister Roos van Dorn from the Netherlands. He writes, We are gathered here and now. For a moment, we've stopped working, studying, doing the dishes. There are no tasks, no emails, no phone calls. We're gathered to feel closer to each other, to feel closer to ourselves, to feel closer to our deepest inspiration. The stream of life that runs through our body and runs through the world. May we be open to see in and hear in each other what our soul wants to say. And may this lit chalice flame remind us of our connection with one another, with gratitude for the stream of life running through us all. May the divine spirit of life and of love be with us now and bless this time we spend together. As we gather here with our harvest gifts, as so many generations have done before us, may our hearts be filled with gratitude. Gratitude that we have food to eat, somewhere to live and fresh water to drink. Gifts that we would surely wish for all beings. And above all, let us be thankful for those most precious gifts, the gifts of life and love. This autumn time, let us give thanks for the abundance of our natural world for the crops of the harvest time that delight us with their plenty. May each of us in this moment find something, however small, for which we can give thanks now. And may this sense of gratitude be with us every day of our lives, however tough the roads we must travel. As our planet slowly but steadily moves our northern lands towards a time of less light, may we find ways to keep our light burning within. Through our work and our hobbies, through connections with one another, through life's little comforts. And as we hear the troubles of our wider world, especially people in places of conflict who yearn as anyone would to live life once more in peace. And as we think of all those suffering and dying through migration seeking better, safer lives. 
Let us be the people who hold both compassion and hope in our hearts. And who, by the beauty of our own lives, bring some counterbalancing acts of love into our world. At this turning point of the year, let us find ways to rebalance our own lives. And may we this day know a love that transcends all human limitation. A love that fills us and spills from us and connects us one and all. Connects us with each other and with our wider world. And may this, may this be so for the greater good of all. And to that aspiration, let us say together, if we so wish, Amen. And now let me hand over to Carolyn Appleby, who's going to tell us a bit about her garden in the autumn and also tell us about Pat Gregory's allotment and a truly amazing pumpkin. I've called this piece of writing September Harvest. You probably don't know that I chose the surname Appleby when I got divorced. It makes me think of all things rural, including my favorite fruit, apples. My favorite apples have always been coxes. I'm not sure if they are necessarily coxes, orange pippins or not. Each species in nature has so many varieties. Shop-bought ones are seldom in supermarkets and they aren't flavoursome. And I can't get them in my local shops. In fact, I had in fact always dreamed of having my own apple tree, but didn't think this was feasible in my small garden. However, last year, a distant friend told me she has a dwarf one. Therefore, I bought one too, and it was planted in March 2019. It replaced a self-seeded buddleia. I had been told that it would flower and fruit that year, but it did not. However, this year, its fortunes were different. Firstly, in springtime, the pink and white blossom appeared. Then, thrill of thrills, the fruit ripened, giving me a small number of sizable apples, plus some, though small, even so are ripe and tasty. There are but a few that have bites out of them. By wild little creatures, I don't begrudge them. After all, they can't go to the shops and it's good of them to share them with me. You will see from the photo that the apples are amongst my crop of Michaelmas daisies. These too are self-seeded as much of my garden is. Another name for these light, 
traditional purple daisies is September. In a moment, Jane is going to show us two photos from my garden and two pictures of Pat Gregory's allotment. You'll see my little apple tree with its springtime blossom and its fruits alongside the Michaelmas daisies. This is Pat's allotment. Doesn't Pat's allotment look wonderfully full of growing plants, especially that pumpkin? Pat has called this description pumpkin time. She writes, the allotment is a magical place where all sorts of wonderful things grow. And this year I decided to grow pumpkins for the first time from seed. I had just two plants which were hit by a sharp frost in the spring and they looked dead, but I left them in the ground and they started growing new leaves. Every time I visited the garden, I went straight to, to them to see how they were doing and I would praise them. Then I started to hear all the other plants shouting, what about us? Look at us carrots. Look at our flowers, look at our beans. What a good lesson to be reminded to share the love. And of course, the whole community of plants grew more and more beautiful. Words from Pat Gregory about her allotment. Well, thank you, Carolyn and Pat, for your thoughts about this time of year. Wonderful apples, wonderful pumpkin and lovely photos. So we're heading now into a time of meditation, but before we settle down, a few things to mention and a plant to introduce you to. Now, what we have here is a mighty sunflower head and, and just two weeks ago, it was still growing and it was 20 foot high. I have never seen such a tall sunflower in my life before. It was grown by Charlotte, my goddaughter, and her assistant gardener, two-year-old Isla Ray. And when they finally harvested this mighty plant, they brought it to me uh, to show all of you in this harvest celebration. And then it's going to be hung up in the garden to feed the birds, which I think will perhaps last them the entire uh, winter time. It's so incredibly heavy, I'd better put it down. A sunflower like that, it's such, um, such an example, isn't it, of nature's generosity and nature's determination to reproduce. Not just one or two seeds, no, hundreds and hundreds of them. I found this lovely little piece that actress Helen Mirren wrote about sunflowers. 
I don't think, she writes, that there's anything on this planet that more trumpets life than the sunflower. For me, that's because of the reason behind its name. Not because, not just because it looks like the sun, but because it follows the sun. During the course of the day, the head tracks the journey of the sun across the sky, a satellite dish for sunshine. Wherever light is, no matter how weak, these flowers will find it. And that's such an admirable thing and such a lesson in life. So with sunflowers in our thoughts and gratitude for nature's abundance in our hearts, I invite you to settle now for a time of meditation. After a few more words from me, we'll join in the fellowship of silence held by us all. And then our silence will end with a beautiful and cheery piece of music played by Abby Lerimier, our music scholar, in one of her excellent YouTube videos. It's a tune from the film La La Land called Another Day of Sun. And it sounds to me just like a celebration of light's ability to strengthen and re-energize us. So I invite you now to settle yourself in a way that works for you, stilling your breathing, deepening, softening the breath, allowing your body to relax a little more deeply wherever you're sitting, a little more comfortably perhaps. Maybe just slightly moving and straightening your back. Perhaps releasing your breath or any tensions that you might be carrying when you could let them go. And in this time, you might choose to focus on nature's generosity and nature's beauty or the ways that you might keep your face turned towards the light as the seasons turn.
Sorry about, Sorry about that. that. 
Thank you. Thank you, Abby. That was a lovely, cheery piece of music for today. We suggested to everybody that you bring a piece of fruit or vegetable to this harvest gathering. And so this might be an ideal time for us all to switch to gallery view for a moment. And let's uh, find our vegetables and then wave them at one another. And this is gonna make a really lovely photo. Wouldn't you want to join a church that did this, this kind of thing on a Sunday morning? <laughs> they all look so lovely. <laughs> thank you, everybody. And thank you, nature, for these great gifts. If you're like me, um, and uh, and you adore fruit and vegetables isn't this just a marvelous time of year i just feel so spoilt for choice when i'm trying to decide what to buy our um our locals local farmers market has such a fine array of squashes this year and so i bought two particularly lovely specimens here uh, to color coordinate with the sunflowers and the marigolds I did promise some amused friends that I'd wave uh, the, uh, the long and shapely one at us all. <laughs> but now I'm going to read a few lines from a, a piece called A Harvest of Gratitude, written by Percival Chubb in the late 1800s. Now Chubb was one of the founding members of the Fabian Society, uh, a socialist reforming movement. And when he moved to the States, Chubb joined the Ethical Society and became one of their leaders. Here's what he wrote about the harvest of gratitude. Season follows after season, after winter, the spring, after summer, the harvest laden autumn. From blood, from bud to blossom, from flower to fruit, from seed to bud again, the beauty of earth unfolds. And from the harvest of the soil, we are given occasion to garner a harvest of the heart and mind, a harvest of resolve, to be careful stewards of all life's gifts and opportunities, a harvest of reverence, reverence for the wonderful power and life at work in the things that grow and in the soul, a harvest of gratitude for every good which we enjoy and a fellowship for all who are sustained by Earth's beauty. Words from Percival Chubb. This idea of, of gratitude for the harvest, it links us modern folk, not just back to a hundred years ago and the ethical society, but way, way back to prehistory. We can imagine those hunter-gatherers, can't we? And their gratitude, their relief at finding a rich supply of ripened berries or spotting the salmon returning to the streams of their birth, the, the wild herds arriving at the grasslands or the lakeside. Imagine a, a hunter-gatherer's delight in finding some tasty herbs to dry for the winter months. We know, don't we, as creatures of the 21st century, that we have to some extent inevitably lost our close connections with the natural world 
many of us are separated and even estranged from the natural world of which we know we are part. We fortunate ones who live lives protected from the cold, the wind, the rain, who don't rely on the success of our crops to avoid hunger in the winter months. Yet even way back in the 11th century, the mystic writer and composer and church leader, Hildegard of Bingen, she wrote these remarkably modern sounding words of warning to the people of her time. Glance at the sun, the moon and the stars. Gaze at the beauty of Earth's greening. All nature is at the disposal of humankind. We are to work with it, for without it we cannot survive. The earth which sustains humanity must not be injured, it must not be destroyed. All of creation God's gives to humankind to use, and if this privilege is misused, God's justice permits creation to punish humanity. If we fall in love with creation deeper and deeper, we will respond to its endangerment with passion. With nature's help, humankind can set into creation all that is necessary and life-sustaining. Words from Hildegard of Bingen. Now, if Hildegard had been able to accompany me yesterday to the farmer's market just round the corner from the church here in Notting Hill, well, she would have been astounded to see the variety of fruits and vegetables on sale. Because between the 11th century and today, we humans, we've been busily at work improving on creation as well as spoiling it. Can we now, as a world community, find ways to work together to preserve the very earth on which our lives depend? I do so hope that we can plant those seeds of possibility so that humanity might work in greater harmony, one with another, and that our good sense and our love for one another and for life itself and for the earth on which we live might guide us away from our foolishness. You might know that uh, this weekend is the Jewish festival of Rosh Hashanah, meaning head of the year. Rosh Hashanah is a celebration of creation. And one of its many traditions is to eat apple dipped in honey to symbolize sweetness in the year ahead. May all our lives be blessed with the sweetness of creation in this coming year. And may that be so. Amen. So uh, we have an opportunity to sing a song now. Uh, um, if, uh, if you'd rather just read the words that are going to appear on the screen, that's fine. But if you do like singing, this is an ideal opportunity to join in with great enthusiasm because we'll all be muted and nobody will hear us. Um, we're going to be singing a traditional song of gratitude for the harvest called Give Thanks for the Corn and the Wheat that are Reaped, sung to an old traditional melody. And thanks to the Music Society, the Unitarian Music Society, for this recording.
And so we have some announcements now. My thanks as always go to Jane and Janine for all the seamless background work of hosting today, especially to Jane for bringing us the closing photos, many from her own garden that we'll be enjoying in a few minutes. And thanks to, music, to Abby for our music video. It's been really good to spend time with you here today. We'll be back again for next week's gathering at 10 a.m. here on Zoom. And that will be the first of two services which will be exploring why we are here. What is church? Uh, you're also welcome to join us at 10.30 for our coffee morning on Tuesday. There are some spaces left for this week's Heart and Soul gatherings. It's well worth joining one of those. And those are this evening or Friday. So contact Jane Blackall about those. And do get in touch with me if you'd like to join the West London Green Spirit Autumn Equinox Celebration on Tuesday, the 22nd of September at 3 p.m. We have a lovely program for us all. We chance to focus in on this season and what it means for us. We'll be sending an email out to all of you who've booked soon uh, to ask you to bring a few things along to that. Thank you to everybody who's made a donation or taken out an standing order for the church funds. You're helping to keep our message of love, equality and justice out there in the world. So thank you for that. And we have a virtual coffee time to chat after the service in small groups if you'd like to join in. And um, Jane will tell us at the end of this service if she wants to take another photo of us all. I'm not sure about that one. So we're going to... Um, we're going to have some closing words in a moment, followed by the hymn tune, We Plough the Fields and Scatter, with accompanying seasonal images. So I invite you all to select gallery view on your screen now. Let's all press gallery view so that we can all see each other for the closing words and enjoy a feeling of connection, connection in community. I extinguish our chalice flame, but not the warmth of this community. And I send the light of this candle out into the world for all those who are not able, like the sunflowers, to turn their faces towards the light. As we step out into the week ahead, may we harvest fruits of equality, love and justice and share our gifts with all those we meet. May we greet the changing seasons of our lives with understanding, knowing that this too shall pass, for all is movement and all is change. Travel well, everyone. Amen. Go well and blessed be.